Hi. On this episode of Real Time Truth, we're going to talk about convictions versus tolerance. Years ago, I was asked by my boss to plug a number in a computer program that was a lie so as to make things look differently than they were. Wow, I could lose my job. What about you? If you're put under the test, will you stick with your convictions or give them up? Join us on this episode. We're going to talk about convictions and tolerance. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective of things that you deal with every day in your home, church, community, and in the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Welcome. And today we're dealing, as you've seen in the title, we're dealing with a touchy situation Mm -hmm. uh, because we are called to be biblically informed believers, but that's not exactly what our culture wants. No, and this is real-time truth, so we're going to try to bring truth to kind of a sticky situation. Yeah, it doesn't get more real than this. No, this is very real because we're all dealing with a culture today that is okay with you having convictions if your convictions are their convictions. Or if your convictions stay in your home or your church. (laughs) That's right, if they're biblical convictions. Yeah. So why don't you describe... For our audience today, what we're talking about when we describe convictions versus tolerance. Okay. When I think of convictions, I think of a deeply held belief in an absolute truth. Mm -hmm. That's and and let me let me explain that to you. What I mean by that is it's more than just opinion. Our culture will almost say like and, and I Googled this define convictions and what came up was a deeply held belief or conviction. I mean, not or conviction, but a deeply held belief or opinion. And I was like, yeah, that's not where I'm going with this, because no. there's some people who have the deeply held opinion that Duke's mayonnaise is the best mayonnaise. Right. Okay? I would be one of those. I would be one of those as well. Okay. <laughs> I would be one of those as well. But I dare say that the, the belief that Jesus is the only way to heaven is a much greater conviction than Duke's being the greatest mayonnaise. Absolutely. I would say that the former much more greatly affects my life. Absolutely. And And so that's why I elevate it by saying it is a belief, a deeply held belief in an absolute truth, meaning that it is the same for all people in all places at all times. And Matthew, tell our audience, where are we purporting that they can find absolute truth? Where can they find absolute truth? Is it CNN? Is it Al Gore? Mm -mm. Is it from grandma or somebody that you like, a college professor? Where can we find absolute truth? We can only find it in the Word. Yes. That Word that is forever settled in heaven, it's the only place where you can go and you know that that is truth. And the thing is, is you may have someone deeply beloved people in your life who they are extremely sincere in the truth claims they purport. They could be someone close as a family member. They could be a beloved mentor or teacher in some college somewhere. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how sincere they are, what they're saying still has to be true. And they are not the source of truth. God is. Yeah. Now, I have hanging from my neck because I'm old. Matthew's not old yet, but one day he'll get old. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have... pair of glasses so that I can see my notes that are in 12-point font that I can only see now with glasses. I say that to say, 
we all look through a set of lenses mm-hmm. at every topic, at every issue, okay? You pick it, climate change. You look through that, you see that issue through a set of lenses. Okay, if I put on the CNN Weather Channel Al Gore lenses, then I'm going to see a, a certain point of view. If I put on a, a different set of lenses, a, a, say a conservative set of lenses, mm-hmm. let's, let's look at the history of the climate for, let's say, millennia. It was actually warmer 800 years ago than it is now. You can research it, but but be that as it may, it depends on what set of glasses that you put on. The, sa- the same is true when it comes to sexuality, marriage, gender, abortion, what set of lenses are you going to put on? Sure. It's so, all about your starting point. It's all about your starting point. So we we have this title of our podcast, Convictions versus Tolerance. So mm-hmm. we've 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 tried to define what a conviction is. Now, Matthew, why don't you share with the audience what does it really mean when we say that we're to be tolerant? And what what does it look like to be tolerant today? Well we well we what does it really mean, you say? Yes. What okay. does it really mean? Okay. <laughs> If this is not a hard one either, okay, yeah. you can literally go look it up, and it simply just means to put up with. Mm-hmm. It means to put up with something or to allow something that you, even though you don't necessarily agree with it, mm-hmm. that's that's what it really truly means. But here's the thing: when you think about that, our world doesn't like that idea because that definition makes it sound like the one being tolerated is wrong. Yeah, and they don't like that. That's right. And so we shift the goal line Mm -hmm. and we just say, no, new definition. Tolerance is actually to embrace without question. Yes, I approve it. That's it. And see, that's the key is because the first definition means that I can, I, I will allow it. Yes. Exactly. I can allow it without Compromising my convictions, yes. but the second definition requires that I embrace it, which means I must compromise my convictions. Yes, and so this is where the rubber hits the road in our culture today, particularly for our young people. And and I'm telling you, the tip of the spear today, oftentimes I really believe is like the whole LGBTQ whatever the new letter is after it now. Plus, I think, mm-hmm. but but the point is, is that so if if you're let's say those Connecticut runners for tr- the track the lady girl track runners in high school in Connecticut they've now filed a lawsuit because they've got transgender boys who are winning all the races and they said look title 9 said that it was to be fairness in in athletics and it's not fair <clears throat> because these uh, young men have not uh, gone through the the you know the the surgery to change their bodies and so it's testosterone versus estrogen and mm-hmm. testosterone wins every time yep. and so but the point is is now these two girls are being called haters and bigots because they won't accept you know th- they won't embrace the fact that there are boys that want to run as girls, even though they're still boys in a track race. And so they're seen as hateful and mean and unkind and unloving. And so our young people today are faced with this. And, the, and this points, Matthew, to the passage of Scripture that we 
you know, really want us to, to look at we're real-time truth, so we try to take the Word of God and, and, and point to it. And so uh, why don't you set up that passage in Acts 5, 29, when uh, Paul and John, or, or Peter and John, rather, are at the Sanhedrin. Why don't sure. you? Well, they had just, I mean, we're, we're post-Pentecost now. We're post the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has already ascended back to heaven. The Holy Spirit has come. And now you have the apostles speaking and working miracles in the name of Jesus. And that's the clincher. And so they're going and they're doing this, and the Sanhedrin hears about it. And they're like, no. You yeah. are no longer going to do this. Yes. And they threaten them. They they hold them. In fact, they arrest them. And an angel comes and lets them out. And they go yeah. back, back out doing what they were doing. Yeah. And so then they haul them back in there from where they were teaching people about Jesus again. And they said, you will not speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Yeah. The fact, it actually says in verse 28 of Acts 5, we strictly charge you not to teach in his name. Mm-hmm. And so then, here's, here's how this plays out. But Peter and the apostles answered, quote, We must obey God rather than men. And so must we. Exactly. As believers. And so the question becomes, will we have enough conviction and confidence that it might even cost us friends, it might cost us a job, mm. that we will trust the Lord and we will say, no, I believe God and His Word is the authority in my life because something or someone is going to be your authority. Mm-hmm. I've chosen that my authority is the Word of God. I believe the Word of God is timeless. I believe that the principles taught in Scripture, because they are from God, the Word of God is theonoustos. That means God breathed. God breathed His Word into 40 authors, written over a period of 1,500 years, three languages, three continents. I believe it is the Word of God. Now, you may look at me, someone may look at us, Matthew, and say, you've lost your ever-loving mind. Okay, fine. But if you're really tolerant, then you are going to allow me to be a fool. That's it. You're going to allow me to be an idiot in your mind. That's right. But not in our culture. No. No longer am I allowed, if in the case of someone who looks at me and thinks I'm a moron for believing in what they would call an antiquated, outdated book. No, 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 Kevin. We know better. And we will not tolerate you having a view that's different from our view because our view is right. And you are not allowed to have your view because it goes against our view. And so... What I find today, Matthew, is are those who actually claim to be the most tolerant people, the tolerant crowd, are actually the most intolerant. Yeah. Because what do you call it whenever you refuse to tolerate my intolerance? Intolerance. <laughs> intolerance, for sure. So this is, the, this is where the rubber hits the road. And for particularly our young people are growing up in a generation today that they're almost afraid. To, to say what they believe in public, that they believe that a baby is a baby and it's not a fetus, mm-hmm. that they believe that marriage is uh, to be between one man and one woman, as Jesus said in Matthew 19. Um, and so they just keep it quiet. But there's going to come a time when you 
when I, when we are point blank asked, what do you believe about this topic? Yeah, a cultural test. Yes. And will we wilt or will we stand? And that's and that's the thing. I mean, I think about these situations. We've heard about them plenty in the news. Um, Christian artists, uh, whatever realm they're in, whether they're photographers yes. or uh, whether they're bakers or what have you, and they are they are targeted. Mm-hmm. It, it's not it's not just happenstance that a that a liberal homosexual couple just happens to come upon them a couple that are loaded for bear and ready to go to court if they don't meet everyone their demands i mean would they have done that if they went to walmart i mean like right. i mean seriously i mean it's just like no they were looking for this because they wanted to basically test the convictions mm-hmm. of these individuals mm-hmm. with the hopes that they would actually stand by them so that they could then target for them for destruction yeah exactly I had a situation years ago, very briefly, um, at, at a place of business I worked where the chief financial officer of the company, this business is, is gone now, it's, it's out of business, but uh, he, he asked me to um, basically plug a number back in the day, Matthew, of a floppy disk. Mm. You ever heard of those little, little square things? I do remember things? Okay. <laughs> and so I, ju- I just said no. And he said, well, you go home and think about it. This was like 6 o'clock at the end of the day. I went home, I told my wife, I said, I'm probably not going to have a job tomorrow. But if I go down this path and I plug this number in this model to try to actually show us getting cash in quicker on our receivables, which would be a lie, Mm -hmm. so that we could meet our loan covenants, so that we could show the bank that we were going to have enough money to sustain us so that they would loan us more money for another quarter, I said, I'm not doing it. Walked in the next morning. I told I told my, my boss, the CFO, I said, I'm sorry. My convictions will not allow me to do this. And, and he, he said, I won't tell you what he said. It was not, it was a colorful language. But the thing is, is that he had already done it. Yeah. Because he knew that you wouldn't. Yes. He had already punched in the number. And in essence, he told me to get out of his office. I said, do I still have a job? And he said, in the essence, in flowery language, yes. But I I stuck to my guns. You know what? If I'd have lost my job, Matthew, God would have provided another one. That's it, because you would have been in his hands. Yes, I would have been totally in his hands. And yes, believe me, I thought about it that night. I thought about, how am I going to make my house payment? I mean, I, this was young in my career. Pam and I didn't have any savings. Still don't have a lot. But but ultimately, I'm like, how are we going to survive? But God would have provided. Well, and that's the difference, because had you decided to compromise on your beliefs, then you would have been in your hands. Absolutely. It'd and been, then I, you don't know what's going to yes, happen. Yes, I would have had to. I would have had to trust in my resources, not the resources the God of the universe who put the stars in their orbit. This is not too hard for him. Mm-mm. Jobs are not too hard for him. Giving us different friends or new friends, I would argue they're not your friend if they if they can't even allow you to believe, even though they might think you're crazy, what you what you feel convicted to believe. Because we as Christians, I'm not going to look at somebody that's, that says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gay and I want to get married. Okay, that's your choice. Um, I, I don't personally believe, based on Scripture, that that's the, the right way to go about it. But I'm not going to go uh, have a picket sign somewhere and, and I'm going to degrade you or down. That's your choice. And I would argue we live in a free country where the First Amendment says that I have the right to believe what I want to believe. It's free speech. Well, and where do you think the guys who wrote that came up with that from? Exactly. The Lord gives us the exact same choice. Okay, there's nobody that's getting drugged to heaven, kicking and screaming. That's right. Okay, and there's no one who is sinned 
by God to hell. That's right. God lets us choose. Yes. Do we want his son and heaven that comes with it? Yes. Or do we want or do we don't want his son and hell that comes with it? Exactly. He gives us that choice and we are not greater than him. We're not going to go and tell someone else, you can't be like that. That's we right. tell them the truth yes. in love, yes. like Jesus did, yes. and that's all we can do. Yeah. 1 Peter 3.15 says that we are to give a reason for our hope with gentleness and respect. Yeah. And so we do that. You know, as you think about this topic, and we'll start to kind of round this thing up, Matthew, the nicest man who ever lived was the God-man, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And you know what? They killed him for telling the truth. Yep. Now, folks, listen carefully. Jesus said, no servant is going to be above his master. Don't expect better treatment than he got. Exactly. We live in a culture today, and there is probably no going back Mm -mm. to the good old days when everybody, you know, had a a belief in a Bible that, uh, you know, let's say traditional biblical standards. They're wearing a different set of glasses now, Mm -hmm. okay? So how now shall we live? Will we wilt or will we hold firm to the convictions of truth? I think of, I think of those folks that was in the Roman Colosseum and Nero is, is killing Christians and there's the huddle there in the middle of the Colosseum floor and there's an old man and he's standing there praying and he's in this tattered robe and there are about another dozen or so folks. They're all kneeling, praying, and there's even a, looks like a, maybe a four or five year old child in this particular painting I'm thinking of. And out comes a couple of lions. They're getting ready to be eaten. You know, we don't live in that culture yet. But if it were to come to that, would we have the conviction to stand on truth Mm -hmm. and to stand for the Lord Jesus? Jesus was asked, who are you? And he told the truth. He said, I'm God. He said, I'm God. And so the Pharisees, They ripped their robes and said, he is teaching blasphemy. And so they went to the Sanhedrin with trumped up charges and the high priest Caiaphas set everything in motion and Mm -hmm. Jesus was crucified for telling the truth. Don't be afraid to stand on truth and put your hand in the hand of God. Yeah, he gave a very stark... um picture of the Colosseum, but let's bring it back just a little bit and let's just ask this question. Are, do you love your neighbor enough to experience their chastisement and the hatred of the culture so as to not see them go to hell? Amen. Um, they may disagree with you, but here's the thing. God's truth does not compromise his love. Amen. We can st- we can speak the truth and still love someone and they may make us out to be their enemy. They right. might. But in the end Jesus said love them anyway. Amen. Love and, your enemies. And so in the end the question remains, will we stand firm on biblical truth or will we just go with the culture and give up those people that we love to what the culture says is true? Right. We'll stand on truth just as uh, Peter and John said. Um, said they basically said, "You guys do what you got to do, but we're going to continue to serve the Lord, and so are we." That's right.
Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Real Time Truth. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we hope that these podcasts encourage you. Uh, I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Take care.